Here I was, standing in the middle of Christian's apartment with a dumbfounded look on my face. I know I dated a lot of guys, but could it really have been so many that I'd accidentally dated this guy twice? I took another look around the room. Oh my god, that hideous lamp and minuscule kitchen looked really familiar. I was feeling uneasy as I sat on the couch and stared at the guitar. Okay, now I was sure that I'd definitely been here before. Panicking, I made an excuse that my favorite TV show was about to start, so I had to go home. Then I ran out of there. From that moment on, I avoided Christian at all costs. He tried to call and message me a bunch of times, but I ignored them all. How was it possible that I couldn't remember dating him? I mean, okay, I suppose I had been on a bit of a dating streak recently, but it was hardly enough to date myself into oblivion, right? Besides, if this was the case, shouldn't he be able to recognize me too? On the day we met, I was in a terrible mood, so was drowning my sorrows in a bar. I had a bit too much to drink, so when I walked out and accidentally bumped into Christian, I began blaming him. But instead of ignoring a drunk girl, he made sure I got home safely. After that, I don't know if it was by accident, fate, or if Christian was stalking me, but I seemed to run into him all the time. Hey, if the universe wanted us to hang out, then who was I to stop it? So I started talking to him and turns out we got on really well. Then, of course, came that day when he dropped the bombshell. He said he likes me, and I kind of like him too, so we started dating. Now, did you see how wrong this was? If I'm his ex, then why did he approach me? Also, I mean, what are the odds for the both of us to just have zero recollection of each other? Or was he pretending not to know me? If so, then what were his purposes? Ugh, the best thing to do is to dump him first, right? Problem solved. But then one day, I got home from college to find Christian standing at my door with a bunch of groceries. He came by to cook me dinner. Oh, that's kind of sweet. Well, seeing as he's here, I should hold off on breaking up with him until after dinner, right? But man, it was so hard. All I could think about was how caring and thoughtful he was. Then suddenly, he said something that messed up my whole plan. My roommates are terrible cooks, especially my brother so the two of them pester me to make all of their meals. Wait a minute, did he just say brother and roommate? So it turns out he wasn't living alone. What a relief! That means there was still hope that I could have dated his brother or his roommate, not him. I just needed to figure out which one it was. I needed to find out more about them, so I praised him for more information. He told me that his brother was dumped by his ex in the worst way possible. He'd arranged a romantic dinner at a restaurant, and while he was talking, she screamed out that she wanted to break up. It was not only devastating for him, but also humiliating. Oh. My. God. That sounded so familiar. Because I often did that too. It's like my signature move. Could it be that the person I dated was his brother, Connor? If yes, then that would be great. It means I could continue dating Christian, right? To be honest, I really hope it's Connor. So all I needed to do was meet the guy and let him confirm it. But easier said than done. The guy was never home. Until one night. Christian and I were at a bar when we heard some loud noises coming from the booth next to us. A guy was yelling at a couple. Seeing that, Christian immediately ran over to them and stopped the guy. 
turns out the guy yelling was Connor, and the couple were his ex and her new boyfriend. So she was the one who broke up with him in that terrible way, not me? Now it's either Christian or his roommate. While I was in deep thought, Christian came back with two hot dogs in his hands. Hey, Christian! Suddenly, we heard someone calling his name. We turned around to see two guys standing behind us. It was none other than Christian's roommate, Wes, and his... Boyfriend! Yes, you heard me right, his boyfriend. So that means I didn't date him either? After that, I couldn't pay attention to the game anymore. In what way could this all make sense? But wait, maybe I was wrong. I mean, many apartments look the same, don't they? Seeing me zoning out, Christian nudged my arm, then handed me a hot dog. I thanked him and was about to take it when he snatched it back. Oh wait, you hate ketchup, because you always get ketchup stains on your clothes. Here, take this one. What did you just say? How did you know that? Oh, you did tell me once, don't you remember? I just gave an awkward smile. I'm 100% sure I hadn't told him that. So... There's no denying, Christian is my ex-boyfriend. It's settled. I'm breaking up with him. That night, I couldn't sleep, as all I could think about was Christian. He obviously remembered me because he knew about the ketchup thing. But why the act? Oh my, he definitely wants revenge. I'm sure of it. But, ugh, why did this suck so much? He was just some guy. I could find another boyfriend easy enough, right? but chances are they wouldn't be as sweet and caring as Christian was. <sighs> One time when I was stressing out about my essay, he stayed up late so he could read it through for me and point out any typos, and whenever I was feeling down, he would send me a cake, sometimes a box of donuts with a little note to cheer me up. I was definitely going to miss his cute ways, but I couldn't do this anymore. He had to go. So the next day, when I met Christian for lunch... I decided to take the opportunity to break up with him. But before I could say anything, we ran into a guy who claimed to know me. Oh my god, is that you, Sadie? Huh? Who is he? Oliver? My god, long time no see. You know Sadie? Christian? Hey, what a small world. Yeah, um, we used to date. My god. Guys, guys, this is Oliver who happened to be Christian's former roommate, which, apparently, my ex. He used to live with Christian before Wes moved in. So that means, hooray! Christian wasn't my ex and wasn't longing for revenge. Yay! Although, it's kind of weird that Oliver didn't look at all familiar to me. Hmm, maybe I really did need to stop dating so much. This is crazy, but it made me realize something. I really had fallen for Christian. So I decided to set up a romantic dinner in a nice restaurant so I could tell him. Christian, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I love you. I eagerly awaited for him to say it back, but no. Instead, he burst out laughing. Huh? And that's when everything came to light. Guess what? Christian really is my ex. When we were at the basketball match... I made a big mistake with the ketchup thing. I sensed you were sus, so I asked Oliver to pretend to be your ex. And it worked. <laughs> but, but why? What did I do to you to deserve that? Oh, wow, you really don't remember, huh? 
Well, just proves what a terrible person you are. You don't care what love is. You just like to mess with people's feelings, then move on to your next victim. Well, let me refresh your memory. We used to be a happy couple. Until one day you decided to end things without even an explanation. Right when I was having the hardest time. Things didn't go well at work and my mom was sick in the hospital. Did you know how heartbroken it made me feel? I... Then a month ago, when I saw you dump that guy in public, then walk past me without even recognizing me, I knew everything was a joke to you. So I came up with this plan, and I don't regret anything. Then he stood up and walked off. What? That couldn't be true, right? Because I had no recollection of what Kristen just said. But he seemed adamant it was true, so I went to see my doctor. Actually, ever since the accident... I haven't been back here for any extra checkup. And you know what? After several tests, I was diagnosed with memory loss. Well, that explained a lot. You see, a few months ago, I had a bicycle accident. I fell off a cliff, but luckily it wasn't high. I bumped my head, but I thought I was okay, as I still remembered my family and friends. Turns out, I only lost the memory about the period of time when I was dating Christian. How ironic. <sighs> but it was a big misunderstanding. You know, I have this bad habit that every time I feel someone's getting distant towards me, I save face by dumping them first. So maybe when Christian was busy taking care of his mom in the hospital, I misread the situation and ended things with him. Ugh, he was right. I am a horrible person. I can't believe I let an amazing guy like him go. But nope, not this time. I believe the universe gave me a second chance. That's why I met him again. So I ran to Christian's apartment to explain everything to him. But when I knocked on the door, Wes opened it. You just missed him. He's heading to the airport to visit his parents for a few weeks. What? I couldn't wait two more weeks. So I took a cab to the airport. But on the way, I got stuck in traffic. Ugh! How am I supposed to find him now? Wait a minute. I've seen this scene play out many times in movies. So, can you guess what I did next? Yep, I stepped out of the taxi and ran like a crazy person up the road. I looked into each taxi, hoping to find Christian, and... Do you believe it? I finally found him. He looked very shocked when he saw me getting into his cab. Before you kick me out, please let me explain. Then I began to tell him about my mom and how my dad and countless other men abandoned her. I was left terrified of being abandoned by someone I love, so my own irrational fear meant that when Christian was busy taking care of his sick mom, I thought it was a sign that he was about to dump me. So I ended things first with him. It's not because you didn't mean anything to me. On the contrary, you made me feel safe. I just like you so much that I didn't want to get hurt by you. Then I explained to him about my accident and why I don't remember him. Christian remained silent and kept his head down. It seemed like he didn't want to give me another chance. I tried, but I couldn't make him forgive me. So, feeling glum, I opened the car door to get out. But Christian took my hand and said, Sadie, I have missed you. Okay, fine. Let's give it another try. So that was it! Christian gave me a second, oh wait, actually, it's the third chance. <laughs> and can you guess what we did next? Well, I'm now sitting at the airport with Christian, waiting for our flight to his hometown to meet his parents. 
I would be lying if I said I wasn't nervous. Wish me luck. Rose, the violin teacher will be here in 20 minutes, so please prepare for the lesson in advance. Punctuality is an important quality of a true lady. My mother reminded me. Her tone made me mad. Of course, mommy. I'll be there in 20 minutes. I replied and thought about how much I hated the violin. Wouldn't it all go to hell? For the first time in my life, I dared to go against my parents. Threw a few things in my bag and walked out of the house with determination. Hello, Amanda. I think I left home. Please meet me there if you don't mind, she said. I said in a trembling voice into the phone. My heart was producing so much adrenaline. I never experienced anything like that before. So that's how you are, Freedom. I took a deep breath and said with pleasure, and set forth towards my dream. Hi, my name is Rose, and my dream is to be the daughter of poor parents. Mine, unfortunately, are too rich. And I'm sick of money and everything that goes with it. What? Are you crazy? The whole world dreams of a life like yours, and you don't appreciate what you have. That's what most people I know say, and you probably agree with them. But I'll try to explain why being rich is terrible. I look at my baby pictures and realize, God, I even had couture diapers. And I don't seem to have had shit on them at all, because my whole life since I was born has been all about showing off and the pursuit of perfection. That's the way it is in rich families. I was always forbidden to play in the sandbox because I could get dirty. It was the same with puddles, sticks, and even food. I was shielded from anything that would spoil the appearance of a real princess, and I was spoon-fed until I was five. So that, God forbid, I wouldn't get dirty during dinner. Every meal in our house is a special ritual and a kind of celebration, where it's customary to come dressed up in nice clothes and a suit full of manners. Rose, you don't need your other hand for bread, but to hold a knife with it and help yourself with it when you're eating. My mother and babysitter were always reprimanding me and teaching me about life. I can tell you with certainty, I never had a childhood. And what a normal child's childhood was like, I learned only from the television. Sometimes we were in public places, which, luckily, my parents were not afraid to take me to from time to time. Rose, you don't have to fight with Alexa. She has a really nice family. You should be friends with her. My mother insisted when I was four years old and I didn't want to have a terrible friend around me that my family forced on me. I had to. Do you understand? I only had to be friends with someone my parents thought was worthy. Besides, from an early age, I was told what to do. My parents chose my hobbies and interests for me. Ballet, modeling school, vocal, violin. And I was sick of it all because I wanted to pursue basketball and playing a guitar and just walk down the street like normal kids. Instead, I, along with the babysitter, was worried about my daily schedule, and I was afraid I was going to miss a class. Yes, I always had things that other kids could only dream of, but believe me, none of that compares to the sweet word, freedom. My life changed drastically when our housekeeper came to visit us one day with her daughter Amanda. Amanda was my age, and I was immediately won over by her spontaneity, her cheerful nature, and her total openness to the world. She was very different from all my friends and acquaintances, and even me. I never met people like that before. Don't you know what a slingshot is? Seriously? Wow! Amanda laughed good-naturedly, 
showing me a branch with a rubber band stretched over it. Then she taught me how to shoot it. She also drew squares on the pavement with numbers inside and then we jumped on them. God, she had like a hundred ways to do it. And they were all cooler than PlayStation games, Sims, and even Among Us. Adventures with Amanda were the best I ever had. And how many interesting, exciting stories she told. And then I tripped over some rock and smashed my knee, ripping my pants and bleeding all over. She was talking about one of her adventures. Wow, you went straight to the hospital? Did your parents scold you? I asked naively. I wanted to know the details. Funny, what should I be scolded for? For a broken knee or ruined pants? Of course not. My mom just felt sorry for me. Amanda answered. And every time I did, I realized that I wanted to give up everything I had in favor for the life Amanda and her friends lived. But I had no way of getting into that other life. And Amanda was my secret friend. If my parents found out that I was communicating with her, she would never come into our house again. At some point, I realized I was very tired of everything and was ready to run away. I had no concrete plans or understanding of what I was going for. I was driven by fatigue and dreams of being a normal kid whose parents don't own millions and don't decide everything for them, down to when to go to the bathroom or take a shower. 20 minutes later, Amanda followed me to the bus stop. Shall we go? I'll show you another world, she said with a smile. Let's go, I answered resolutely, and we rushed towards the adventure. An hour later, we found ourselves in a very strange place. The houses were so tightly packed together and so old that they seemed to be about to collapse. In the yards, children were walking around in dirty and worn-out clothes, but they looked happy and carefree. There was loud music and shouting coming from the open windows. It sounded like someone was fighting. I never heard people talking to each other in that tone before. On one hand, I felt uncomfortable and scared. But on the other hand, my soul was thirsty for experience and I wanted to immerse myself in this life. So I bravely followed Amanda. Well, princess, you're about to descend from heaven and experience all the pleasures of hell, my friend said with a laugh and opened the creaky door of her apartment. The first thing that hit my nose was a strong, unpleasant smell. Something like the smell of camembert cheese, but harsher and nastier. What's that smell? I asked Amanda. Smell? I don't smell anything. She answered embarrassedly. Maybe it's just my imagination, I thought. The apartment was furnished with old shabby furniture. A closet with a broken door, a three-legged couch, and a broken TV. I felt as if I'd entered into some kind of virtual world in survival mode. The sight of that apartment made my insides tighten. Could people really live like this? After a few minutes, there was a lot of knocking on the door. No, not even knocking. Pounding. Pounding with all my might. I was so frightened. I thought a war had broken out. But Amanda grinned and said, Don't be afraid. It's our neighbor Darcy. He's not himself again. He'll knock and then he'll stop. Would you like some tea? I nodded uncertainly. Meanwhile, the neighbor started shouting some undecipherable threats. For the first time in my life, I was so terrified that my body literally shook with fear. What if he breaks the door down? I asked fearfully. It wouldn't be the first time, and it wouldn't be the last, Amanda shrugged. If he hasn't broken it by now, he probably won't. My friend smiled at me. Probably? Probably. 
Awesome. I thought on the verge of hysteria. The half-destroyed house, the swearing, the screaming, the gloom. No, it wasn't what I'd hoped for at all. I imagined this world to be very different, and now I wanted to go home as soon as possible. To my commitments, to my parents, and my classes and my lessons. Only, how do I get out of here when there's a madman at the door? Amanda, don't take this the wrong way, but I have to go. How do I do that? When does your roommate leave? I asked my friend. I don't know. Just ignore it. Let's talk. Tell me, do you like any guys? Amanda was clearly trying to distract me. But what kind of guy are we talking about when the door's about to come off the hinges with this freak? My life is in real danger. Besides, I wasn't worried for nothing. Something heavy and started kicking in the door lock. Even so, Amanda remained perfectly calm. And I wanted to rewind time and give up the stupid idea of running away from home. Against the backdrop of this nightmare, the violin lesson seemed harmless and sweet. Soon, the deranged neighbor broke the lock and broke into the apartment. He had a completely insane face and was demanding some money. I immediately rushed to get $20 out of my jeans pocket, which was all I had on me. But Amanda intercepted my hand. Are you crazy? Don't give him a dime. He'll be fine. She didn't seem scared, unlike me. I was mentally saying goodbye to my family and my life because I was sure it was the end. The money! Where's the money? Shouted the crazy neighbor with a hammer in his hands. I grasped Amanda's hand tightly and closed my eyes. Hey you! Get out of my house right now! You scared my friend! Amanda shouted defiantly. The madness seemed to go on forever and everything was in slow motion. And then the cops showed up at the apartment. They threw the crazy neighbor on the floor. My parents ran in after them. Honey, are you okay? Are you okay? My mother asked frightened, holding my hands. I'm not sure. I answered quietly and cried out, cuddling up to her. We drove home right away. On the way home, my parents comforted me and talked about how frightened they'd been to find me gone. My mother asked me to explain what I'd done and I told her that I was tired of the endless classes and wanted so badly to touch the lives of ordinary teenagers. You know, I understand you. I think we should reconsider your schedule and give you more free time. My mom smiled at me. Let Rose talk to whomever she wants. Sometimes it's good for a person to feel the difference between social strata to learn to appreciate what they have. Dad added, and for the first time, I was in agreement with him. Yes, it's hard to always be toned down and fit in with my family status, but that's my life and my way. Unfortunately, things aren't as all as rosy as I'd imagined for teenagers without cares and responsibilities. The last thing I want is to be trapezing around the streets in old worn-out clothes and then go to a time-worn old house and worry about insane neighbors. My life is much closer and more familiar to me, although it's not easy at all. By the way, my parents allowed me to keep in touch with Amanda, and I'm grateful for that. I still love her for her directness and ease, and I respect her as a friend. Funny, why do you refuse to come and visit me? It's after the incident, isn't it? She sometimes asks me, laughing. Yes, I almost died that day. Well, I can say for sure that opposites attract. Would you like to try living the life of a teenager from a different social stratum? Write your answers in the comments. And if you like this video, like it and share it with your friends. Hi friends! 
This story's gonna surprise you. My name is Sylvia, and I know what you're thinking right now. It seems, Sylvia, that you take us for fools if you think we'll believe in the existence of magic notebooks out there. Not at all. The only fool in this story is me. But first things first. It all started when my relationship with my parents was at an impasse. And it was all my fault. It's just the way I am. Lazy, careless, and wanting only to have fun and enjoy life. I didn't want to study. I didn't listen to my parents. I either hang out with my friends or stared at my phone for hours. I didn't have anything else to do. I thought I could live this way for another 20 years, but things didn't go according to plan. I was expelled from school. At first, I couldn't believe it. I thought it was some kind of prank. By the way, that's what my parents thought too. Very funny, Sylvia, smiled my mother. Where did you hide the camera? In the sugar bowl? Except there was no camera in the sugar bowl and neither was it a prank. And in fact, I had no idea what to do. My parents never yelled at me, so our house fell into a tragic silence for a week. By the way, they should have scolded me. Maybe I wouldn't have to tell that story now if I'd had my phone taken away from me a couple of times. Anyway, my parents went into mourning and I locked myself in my room, listening to Lana Del Rey and imagining going off to another state with a bunch of bikers. We'd be crowding the trails, racing against the wind, dancing around a campfire, not showering for weeks, drink gallons of Coke. My fantasy was interrupted by my mother. She appeared on the doorstep of my room and she looked resolute. I would even say frightened. Get ready, she commanded. Where to? To Aunt Nikki's. It couldn't be. I jumped up on the bed, happy as I could be. This was even better than a bunch of unwashed bikers. Aunt Nikki lived in the next state and very rarely came to visit us. It didn't bother mom at all that she hardly ever saw her sister though. They were too different to enjoy each other's company. Mother was a very kind but extremely serious person with a decent profession, a high paying job, and a classic American family. Aunt Nikki, on the other hand, it was like she was stuck at the age of 18, dressed very strangely, into mystical stuff, sang mantras, and never worked. What do you live on, Nikki? My mother was indignant every time. I'm surprised you haven't ended up under a bridge. Well, you wouldn't know. My aunt would answer. I might have slept there last night. I adored Nikki and she adored me, though we seldom saw each other. And now I'm going to live with her. I hope it's forever. I threw everything I could get my hands on into the suitcase without looking. You can stay with her for a week and then your father and I will find you a new school. Only a week. What a pity. But what a week. This week was supposed to be the best week of my life. My dad volunteered to drive me and he spent the whole trip torturing me with advices and guidance. Think about your life, Sylvia, he said in a teacher's tone. We never pressured you, thinking you'd find your own way. And what came of it? The best week in American history, I exclaimed. Forget it, Dad. One day, I'll get a million and go to a country where it's always warm. Dad sighed and stopped lecturing. We drove up to Aunt Nikki's house. I had imagined a hundred times what a home of an extraordinary person like her must look like. But all my fantasies faded before reality. The front door opened and the strongest smell of incense hit my nose. Someone's droning voice sang a mantra from a loudspeaker. 
I immediately noticed the vast array of figurines, paintings, crystals, beads, feathers, and other decorations that littered the entire floor-to-ceiling space. Cool! I grinned in admiration. My dad helped me get my stuff in and left. He still had a few hours of driving back. Aunt Nikki gave me a tour of the house. And this is the door to my room, she smiled. And I'll personally rip your nosy nose off if you come in here. I laughed, appreciating the joke. But I could tell by the look in the woman's eyes that there was very little humor in it. Okay, not going in means not going in. There were so many perks of living with my aunt. We talked about everything. We went for walks, did yoga, dancing like crazy to weird music. And all my thoughts of expulsion literally evaporated on the first day. Then I accidentally overheard a conversation that I wasn't supposed to hear. Aunt Nikki, it turned out, was helping people solve their problems. No, she wasn't the head of the Sicilian Mafia. More like a witch doctor. She ran her own esoteric blog on Instagram, and she did consultations. I happened to be part of one of those consultations, going down to the kitchen. Thanks for all your help, Nikki. I told my friends about you. They'll be sure to sign up, a woman's voice said. Seeing me, my aunt ended the conversation, and we sat down to eat dinner. It's great that you can talk to people and make money, I told Nikki. Yes, there's a lot of customers, she nodded. It's all thanks to this thing. She motioned at the old shabby notebook lying next to her on the table. What is it? A magic notebook. But you don't need to know how it works. <laughs> Does Aunt Nikki think I'm an idiot? Is the internet not working for me? I knew exactly how these magic books work. For naive people born yesterday, they grant all the wishes written on their pages. But for those who haven't lost the ability to think, they don't work at all. I liked hanging out with my aunt, but I never really believed in all that magical stuff. I voiced my thoughts out loud. The woman looked at me like a toddler with chocolate smeared on her face and opened her notebook with determination. Let's write down that in a minute, the courier will bring us five pizzas for free. She quickly wrote down her wish on a sheet of paper. And just as Nikki finished writing down the last word, the doorbell rang. My aunt gracefully walked to the door and opened it. Miss Halliwell, your five pizzas, they're already paid for. My jaw almost met the counter. Is your last name Halliwell? No, but I predict someone won't be expecting a pizza for their party tonight. That's the kind of magic I like. Aunt Nikki demonstrated the capabilities of her magic notebook a couple more times. And then she made me promise not to touch it. I swear! I blurted it out as I began to make a plan of action. I had to get my hands on that notebook no matter what. I wanted to get my hands on a million dollars and go live in some country where it's always sunny. I would have been more specific if I didn't have a fat F in geography. Over the next couple of days, I figure out the perfect moment to steal the notebook. Early in the morning, when my aunt was asleep. She always slept so soundly. And she wore earplugs. The perfect crime! After turning off the alarm at 5 in the morning, I snuck into Nikki's bedroom. The place was, let me tell you, even weirder than the rest of the house. Crystals everywhere, symbols that I couldn't make out. And it made me want to get out of there. I saw the notebook on the bedside table. I tiptoed, grabbed it, and headed out. 
I was in such a mad anticipation of happiness that I stopped looking under my feet. One step and I was on the floor, dragging the bookcase and all its contents with a wild thud. My aunt moved in the bed. I froze, struggling to blend into the black carpet, as if one could miss this mess. But Aunt Nikki just turned on her other side and I was out of her bedroom in a heartbeat. I didn't have to clean up after myself because I would be rushing to another state in minutes with a million dollars in my pocket. In my room, I grabbed the first thing I could find, a lipstick. I opened my notebook to a blank page and wrote down my wish. Cool. Sylvia, what have you done? Pale as death, my aunt stood in the doorway. I shook the notebook triumphantly. Now I will be rich. You can fulfill all your desires. Why can't I? What a fool you are. The woman sat down on the floor. It's the devil's notebook. What? The notebook fell out of my hands and ended up on the bed, opening to the very first page. I, Nikki Katrol, give my soul in exchange for the fulfillment of all the wishes written in this notebook. The writing frightened me so much that I staggered to the side, falling off the bed. What's going to happen now? I stared at my aunt. I don't know, Sylvia. I think he'll be displeased and he'll grant you a wish you'll regret for the rest of your life. The woman said it so quietly and doomfully that when my cell phone rang, the last word was drowned out by the loud ringtone. I reached for the phone. It was my mother. Sylvia, get ready fast. Again? Where are you going? No time to explain. Mom seemed to be crying. Dad and I are in big trouble. We sold everything we had and we're leaving. We'll pick you up on the way, so be ready. We can't wait a minute. She hung up. I stared at the blank screen for a few seconds. What did you wish for? Asked my aunt. A million dollars and to go to a warm country. So the wish came true. Apparently, my parents just managed to raise a million by selling everything we have. But that's not what I wanted. I grabbed my notebook and frantically began to flip through it, looking for a blank page. Now I'll write to make everything as it was before. It doesn't work that way, Sylvia. Nikki looked as sinister as a real witch. I warned you. But there must be a way out. There are consequences to everything you do. I agree. Anything, as long as the parents don't get in trouble. I loved my mom and dad very much. I didn't want to get them in trouble because of my stupidity. Sacrifice what's more precious than your freedom. My aunt's eyes filled with blood. How's that? Take the notebook and write, give it all back. In return, I promise to study all year long. In a panic, I grabbed a pencil and I was about to write the first word when I suddenly came to my senses. Stop. The horror immediately evaporated. Really? I frowned, and only now, looking closely at my aunt, I noticed that she could hardly contain her laughter. In fact, she wasn't holding back anymore. Aunt Nikki was laughing like a madwoman. And I threw that stupid magic notebook at her and grabbed the phone and dialed my mom's number. Sylvia, come on, it's no time to talk. There was still panic on the other end of the line. A fake panic, like in a Turkish soap opera. 
The Oscars were on their way, Mom. I barked. Yes, you got that right. My parents had put Aunt Nikki up to this grand spectacle for me. Her goal was to get me to study in any way she could. My aunt was all for it. She always liked crazy adventures. So she invested a lot of time and energy in preparing for the show. If I hadn't outed these entertainers, I would have studied all year at school. To save my loved ones. To be honest, I decided to spend more time on my studies. If my parents were willing to do that, it means my education is important to them. So why not try? Have you ever been pranked by someone close to you? Tell us in the comments what it's like. The teacher's eye twitched nervously when he looked at me. I stood in front of him, nervously rubbing my notebook. The girls were whispering and laughing, but the boys were ready to eat me up with their amorous stares. Katie, I have never seen a student like you. The teacher's voice quivered. Either you answer my question or you go straight to the principal. I squealed like a mouse. The boys were all gasping with emotion, and there was hysterical laughter among the girls. It was the toughest test I'd ever had. Hi, my name is Katie, and I'm actually a genius, but I have to pretend to be stupid to get guys to like me. Before this school year, I went to another school, and I had my picture up on all the honor boards. I could compete with a lot of the teachers in terms of knowledge, and our physicist even quit after arguing with me and threw a real tantrum on the principal. After fifth grade, I stopped doing homework altogether because I was so good at it, and I had a place at Yale already secured. But my life wasn't like a fairy tale. I guess it's no secret that guys don't like girls who are too smart. I have a beautiful appearance, but my intelligence scared away all the admirers. When I was on another date, I'd get a little carried away, and I'd start discussing the stages of evolution, the boundaries of the universe, or the splitting of atoms. The guys would just blow right off, and they wouldn't even talk to me at school. But I wanted love so bad, more than anything. So, when I got transferred to a new, better school in the state, I decided to change my life. Why do I need brains that outshine my beauty? I want a boyfriend. I want dates and attention. So, I decided to play dumb. And according to my calculations, it was going to help me. The first day, I went to school as a living doll. The guys were drooling, but the girls were a little wary. I'm a quick thinker, so I went straight to the breach. Walking down the corridor, I supposedly tripped next to a handsome man. And he just happened to catch me. Baby, are you okay? He played with his eyebrows. Wow, you're strong. I squeezed his biceps. Are they made of steel? I just work out a lot. He answered proudly. And I drink protein. Do you drink them right? How much protein do you consume? What's your protein base? And is it certified? The guy's look immediately changed. He was batting his eyes stupidly. And I think he froze. I'm getting carried away again. What the hell was that curse? Okay, that was a slip. But I almost made it. I decided to change tactics and try my luck with a smarter guy. After picking the best-looking one in biology class, I paired up with him. Everything was going great. I was dumb as hell, and he felt like a real hero. He even put his palm on mine. It took my breath away. But 
What is he doing? This isn't right at all. I took the guy's microscope away. Are you an idiot? It's so clear. What the hell did you write? Katie, I... I... The poor guy started stuttering, and I started to rewrite the whole thing in a frenzy. And by the time I realized what I'd done, the guy had already run away. And from that moment on, he was on his way to avoid me. What a genius idiot I am. Even Zombie wouldn't eat my brain. I'm too smart. But I invented a new tactic, and I joined the company of beautiful fools. Around them, the guys walked like a herd of buffalo at the watering hole. I couldn't understand how it was possible. Even cats are smarter than these girls. Even my microwave knows more tasks than they do. The only thing that saved me was that I am a fast learner and could adapt to their strange behavior. Pretty soon, I could pretend to be so stupid that my brain was catching critical errors. And it worked. I was hit on by a real hottie. Pete and I went on a date, and this strong man was literally carrying me in his arms. I had never heard so many compliments about myself before. One day, he took me to the gym to show how strong he was. Wow, what a barbell. I went over to the dumbbells and looked at them stupidly. It's dumbbells, he proudly announced and hugged me. You don't know anything about it, do you, cat? No, will you show me? Sure, baby. That's a kettlebell. He held up a huge kettlebell, and I was fascinated by his muscles. And this is where I set my record. No one can beat me. Pete went over to the weight machine, set his maximum weight, and pushed the lever as hard as he could. I'm super-powered, you know? I'm like Superman. And then I started shaking with anger. My brain was screaming, and it became hysterical. Even my eyes went black. Superman, that's just leverage. I went over to the simulator. I made the lever longer, and I adjusted it. And then I put my little weight on it and did the same thing Pete did. It's basic physics. What is wrong with you, Pete? How can you be so stupid? There was laughter from all sides of the guys. Pete's lip trembled, and he ran away. And I slapped my forehead with my palm. I'd ruined it again. I was already desperate, thinking it was all useless. Plus, my studies made my teachers furious. I came in here with the best performance, but in reality, I couldn't solve an elementary example because of my disguise. My parents were hysterical, and I made up stupid excuses. I was getting ready to get smart, but then I met Caleb, a musician from the parallel class with an angelic voice. He was incredibly handsome and cool, though he was on the verge of dropping out. I don't need to study. I'm a musician, he was saying. But Caleb was so charming that I fell in love. He wooed me beautifully, composed songs, and gave me the most unforgettable dates. You're so good to me, Cat. You're so simple, not like those nerds. I hate nerds, I murmured, melting in his arms. I was finally done messing things up. My brain was just shutting down from love. But at the end of the semester, the midterm test began, which brought me back from the dream world. Caleb was so bad at studying that he wasn't even bothered. He'd be expelled for sure, and so would I. The teachers wanted to get rid of me on principle and wrote angry messages to my previous principal. Yeah, I really screwed him over. He vouched for me, 
So, in another algebra class, I got axed with an elementary question. Caleb was staring at me with love, and the teacher was freaking out. Boyfriend or career? A choice that seemed impossible to me. That's where I started my story. Sit down, cat, the teacher said nervously. You can go right after class and sign the expulsion papers. No! I came up to the blackboard. Give me your tasks, all of them. And I solved them all by writing all over the blackboard and even the wall. The kids looked at me with their mouths open and it was like the teacher saw a ghost. Lesson after lesson, I amazed everyone. I pulled all my grades in just a few days and the teachers, even the principal, saw me as a real treasure. But Caleb wasn't thrilled. So you're a nerd, he said disappointedly. Yes, but we're good together. You lied to me. You're a crammer, cat. I don't mess with nerds. You're a fool. I got angry. You'll get expelled. You won't even be able to play music. All the rock stars were nerds, he retorted. When? The 80s? Ow. This is the 21st century. Give me a break, cat. You have homework to do. He left, and I was filled with anger. How could he treat life like that? He'll ruin himself and be nothing. I stormed into his rehearsal room, blazing with anger. Come here, I said sternly and dragged the boy by the hand. What, are you out of your mind? Just drop your guitar already. I was as unstoppable as a snow avalanche. When I took Caleb back to my house, I locked the room where my books were already prepared. Cat, are you out of your mind? Sit down and listen. I sat down next to him, textbook in hand. Get away from me, why are you doing this? Because I love you, you fool. I won't let you get kicked out of school, understand? I'm not gonna read any stupid textbooks. You won't, just listen. You're a musician and you're better at hearing information. That's why it's hard for you to memorize lyrics. I made Caleb listen to himself. We took breaks for tea and conversation. And then I'd go back to hammering it into him. The kid didn't like it, but I managed to teach him for days at a time. Cat, that's it, that's it, I don't like it. Okay, I crossed my arms around my chest. My anger, overwhelming. School's not my thing, cat. Yeah, you're better off living with your parents until you're old. Work at the diner, play guitar in your spare time. Maybe even play at a cafe or two. Good luck, Caleb. When he left, I cried. I'd fallen in love for the first time kissed for the first time, and he ruined everything. When he gets expelled, we'll never see each other again. He doesn't want someone like me, and I guess it wasn't love for him. For a week straight, all I listened to was the song that Caleb had dedicated to me, and then, in a heartbreak, I deleted it. I made my choice, but as soon as I did, I heard the same song from across the street. Caleb? I almost fell out the window. I'm sorry, cat. I'm an idiot. Caleb put the guitar down, and then he showed me his textbooks. I don't want to drop out of school, because that's where I see you. I love you, cat. Will you help me pass my exams? I was so happy. I was ready to fly. In the evenings, I saw Caleb on my own, and at night, I recorded audio lessons for him. When he couldn't come to class, he'd listen to my voice on his headphones and learn. Even when he was driving his car around town, I could hear my voice through the speakers. It was exam day. 
and I couldn't help myself. I gave my boyfriend a big kiss. You can do this, Caleb. Just know that I love you. While we waited for the test results, Caleb wasn't himself. The teachers and principal just chuckled indulgently, and they were surprised he was still in school. Even his friends were convinced that he was going to get kicked out of school. But worst of all, Caleb himself was sure of it. Classes with you were the best time of my life, he said. Caleb looked at me sadly. Thank you, Cat. I won't forget that. I burst into tears, thinking this was the end of our relationship. The next morning, after a sleepless night, I heard screams under the window. It was Caleb, and he looked like a happy puppy and a badass rocker. I passed the test, Cat. I'm staying in school. We can keep our hands off each other for days with joy. Finally, my intelligence was able to help me get on with my personal life, and also help the person I love. Even now. Caleb often listens to my records and learns new things, but he doesn't forget about music either. Guys, if you think being smart is a curse, give it up. Intelligence can give you so much more than popularity in school. Don't sacrifice your future for supposed fame. Are there any of you who suffer because of your intelligence? Share your stories in the comments. Like and share this video with your friends. Also, be sure to subscribe to our channel and click the bell.